Welcome to the GodFocusPodcast.com. This week's episode is about Ephesians chapter 1. Awesome Angie is talking to Laura, Yolanda, Kevin, Robin, and MJ about this great chapter by Paul. Welcome to the God Focus Podcast. I am Awesome Angie Inkstrom because I honor the awesomeness in you. And today I am super excited to be sharing the book of Ephesians, actually the first chapter with you today with these beautiful people. And um, because your awesomeness is in your DNA. And we're going to talk about that today. And to get us started and to facilitate this call, I am handing this over to Kevin. Take it away. Thanks, Ange. All right. So the book of Ephesians, um, it's a letter written by Paul. Paul is an apostle of Christ. He, uh, he was a pastor, actually, at the church of Ephesus. Or Ephesus thank you. Uh, and he was there for about two to three years. And uh, so he, he knows the people there at Ephesus quite well. Uh, he, wrote this, he wrote this book while he was actually in prison in Rome. Uh, and while Paul's directly writing to the church in Ephesus, uh, this letter is actually applicable to all of us, right? It's, it's any church, uh, because what we're going to be talking about today are some basic fundamental tenets of Christianity of faith. What does it mean to have faith in Christ? What does it mean to be saved by Christ? So when we, when we talk about this, this is not just a letter to an ancient church. This is a letter to you and me. This is the letter to all of us teaching us and instructing us on the, on the, on the relationship that we have with God, the father. So imagine if you could imagine yourself, uh, you're in prison. And you know this is the end. You know that, uh, that you're not getting out of prison. Uh, but you have a chance to write a letter, write a letter to people that you care about. Um, you know, you have a, write, a chance to document your thoughts, document your, your beliefs. Well, who would you write this letter to? And what would you want it to say? So, guys, uh, first question. You know, if you, if you, right, were in prison, who would you write a letter to and what would you try to communicate? Yeah, I think um, one of the things I see in Paul when he is writing all of this, he's so humble and he's just, he's so gracious in the fact that he knows that uh, these people need to understand that um, to live the, the way we're talking about, you know, in, in, in this Christian walk that we have, that you're, you're going to see turbulation. And that's what he's going through right now. But he's so glad that he has the chance to, to talk about the riches and the glory, the gloriousness of, of Christ, you know, and the power that he has. And uh, I just, he's just such a good uh, writer of, you know, don't, don't be worried about what's going on. Just be worried about where you're going. And uh, that's what I see in this, in some of the things about being chosen, you know, so. For, for me, 
Um, I mean, it's kind of like my mantra. I honor the awesomeness in everyone because it's in our DNA. I'll read from the, uh, this is the uh, Living Bible, Ephesians 1, verses 4 through 5. Long ago, even before he made the world, God chose us. So it's in our DNA right there. <laughs> we are chosen to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. He decided, then he made us holy in his eyes without a single fault. We who stand before him covered with his love, his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. And he did this because he wanted to. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. You know, yeah. an, an, important, an important point to note on that, too, is that, uh, you know, this chosenness that we have, that's not for anything that we uh, did on our own, right? The, the fact that we're chosen, it, it was chosen not by our actions. It was because of God's grace and God's will, his will for our lives. Yeah, uh, Kevin, when you first asked that question, this is what I wrote down and I highlighted it. And I said, I wrote down, it's all about him, you know? And it's like what you said, Ange, his plan, his, um, it's what he wanted to do. I just thought I'd throw that out there. And the question you asked about, uh, who would I write to if I were in prison to get the message out is a very good one um, because the church has exploded quite a bit since it's grown quite exponentially since uh, Paul was given his great assignment to, um, to reach, I don't know how to say it. Would you say the, um, well, the whole world that wasn't Israel, I guess, at the time. Right. The jet, uh, you know, he was commissioned to reach out to the Gentiles and get the non-Jews involved in this because, you know, that that was the big thing. You know, he was Christ said, I need you to go talk to those 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 other people other than the Jews. And that's what he did such a great job of. So, yeah. And as far as um, you, your question again, Kev, about you know, who would you write this to, um, you know, that's something that I've been, um, I've actually been kind of dabbling with and trying to figure out who, you know, you know where, where is my audience for the work that I'm working on as an entrepreneur? And um, I'm constantly running across phrases that are speaking to me, but the, the most recent one that made sense to me is anyone who's in danger, like a, anyone successful, who's reaching out for life and they, they, they know they want something more. They're not sure what it is. And they're in danger of overwhelm and burnout because they're not finding it or they, they feel like they're not finding it or um, putting their finger on it or uh, making any progress and I, I think that um, this message here, especially in this chapter, really speaks and is a great reminder 
that we're chosen, we're adopted, we're redeemed, and all these great things we're about to continue speaking about. So um, go ahead, Kev, take it away. Sure. So, uh, so you know, in the, in the first beginning part of chapter one, Paul, you know, tells the people that they should be holy and free from blame as they were in Jesus's mercy and had his love. Paul said that they were chosen by God to be adopted by Jesus as he was redeemed, as he has redeemed them from their sins and with his sacrifice on the cross. You know, and, and through that, he's filled us with patience, wisdom and strength. Right. So as we're chosen by God, we're basically given an inheritance. And so uh, we've also been redeemed. And so what does it mean uh, for us? to be redeemed by Jesus. When we say the word redeemed, uh, what does that mean? Does it mean to be, um, well, I'm thinking uh, to be bought back from slavery? Maybe that is what I'm thinking about in, in ancient times. The idea of a kinsman redeemer like, um, was a Boaz who saved Ruth. So uh, she was in dire straits and, um, you know, could have lost her life. She had no husband or sons to support her. And he, he became her redeemer. He, um, he saved her basically, but I don't want to get us off on a, on a tangent. Redeemed. Yeah, you're actually you're, blood. You're spot on. Yeah. You're what? spot on. Oh. On, Rob. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Redemption. It's the purchase. It's, it's when we purchase in the case, Jesus died on the cross for us. He purchased us from sin and uh, you know, we are imperfect and our best is still not worthy of being in the presence of God. All right. So, so Jesus operates as an intermediary for us. He allows us to have direct communication with God because he basically cleans us. He redeems us. And that's what it means uh, to be redeemed from our sins. So you're exactly right. I'm thinking of a coupon. <laughs> it's like you take a coupon to the store and they redeem it. You know, take a little bit of money off your final purchase. That, that's just my yeah. That's funny. how term is used a lot. <laughs> if you look at the coupons, it's there. Redeem or redemption. <laughs> I think in America, we've lost our focus in some way, you know, uh, and that makes me think of who I'd like to reach in the church today. Um, <clears throat> there's a lack of unity. I think there's a lack of love within churches. I think we fall really short and I'm not, I am not uh, judging anyone um, apart from myself because I'm, you know, I'm a member of Christ Church too, and I see a lot of legalism. I would like um, people out there to know, you know, that God is not some great judge and lawyer in the sky who is ready to uh, condemn you to death, you know, that this grace, you know, in Ephesians 1, 6, this grace, I mean, it is a free gift. And it's a gift of love. And that's what people need to know. I think we've lost sight of that. You know, um, churches disagree about 
I mean, everything they can think of from baptism to, you know, free will and uh, free will versus uh, predestination, all that. And all we want to do is just argue about it. When this Ephesians 1 is about the greatest plan ever by a God who is so awesome, he can't even be um, contained or described. He, you know, and even as humans, we don't fully know him, but this is amazing. I mean, it is nothing that we have done to deserve this, nothing. And um, for people who say, well, you know, I hope I get to heaven, but I'm not good enough. Well, join the club because none of us are. Not one of us is good enough. And, you know, I think every day I want to, um, you know, to please God. And I want to be holy. And even, you know, I want, I want to show God how much I love him. And even with the best intentions and the greatest desire in my heart, I still fall short. And um, we can talk more about this because it's coming up because, he, you know, God's um, plan is still in motion. He's not through because if he was, Christ would have returned already. So stay tuned. Well, what, well what's interesting, what's coming up for me right now is the separation. And, you know, in Jesus, we're separated from um who were created to be um, at times because we buy into these law these lies of the world you know like oh I'm not good enough or I you know oh that's not going to work or you know whatever you know story is going on in our head and you know and you just read Ephesians and it just brings you right back and knowing that you know Jesus is that bridge to remembering who we are <laughs> and 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 just take it to the bank that um, we've been chosen. He loves us. We can't do anything to separate our, from that love. Um, but yet we, there is a separation when we allow it and we, we dance with those other thoughts. Um, I love this chapter because it just brings it right back. You know, Jesus died to be that bridge to remind you of who you are. <laughs> God is in you with the Holy spirit. Um, and um, he died that Jesus died that that brutal death to um, just to remind us that, of who we are. It's in us. Yeah. And it's kind of like being branded, you know, um, you know, ranchers, they brand their cattle and uh, people who do logging, they happen to mark the trees that they're working on and all that. And we've been branded. and all we've got this gift we just have to accept it and it's a it's a deposit put on us that we get to claim um because he's that good he's just that good and i don't know that's a great great question kevin should we go on to the next one well i mean to build off of what um robin was saying a little bit ago um you know, I've been, I've been reading C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity, and, um, you know, he calls it mere Christianity because he, he gets into that point of, uh, you know, whether you're a Protestant or Catholic or whatever other denomination of Christianity you are, you know, we're, we debate amongst ourselves and we argue about what's the right way, right? And, 
you know, in, in his book, in his, in his lectures that he did over the radio, uh, he says, I'm not going to get into all that. He says, you know, that's for you all to kind of figure out. He says, I'm going to talk merely about Christianity. What does it mean to believe in Christ? So there is a distinction in the church between the, the, the quote unquote um, religion of, of worship versus the actual Christian faith. And uh, the uh, going to, you know, on this idea of being redeemed, you know, one day we're going to be called before God and God's going to look at me and Jesus is going to step up. He's going to actually, I, I kind of visualize it as, um, you know, like I'm in the principal's office or something, right. And uh, I'm going to be held accountable for my actions. And then my friend, Jesus over here, he's going to step up. He's going to stand right in front of me and he's going to say, hold on. He says, father, this is one of mine, you know, uh, in Christ, because he's perfect, because he's holy, uh, and without blame, he's innocent, you know, so he can, he, he can declare my innocence. He can say, you know, he's innocent father. He's without blame. He's faultless. And then God will say, okay, and well then, you know, we're good. Right. And that's, that's what Jesus does. He, he, he stands, he stands before God and he claims us. He says, I know this person. I know who you are. And, uh, and that is, you know, you think about, think about if you had someone in your life that when you were getting called out, that they would come in front and they would defend you. They would, they would put their own name to you and say, I know this person and I am, I am, I am standing, you know, not just beside them, but I am standing in front of them and I'm willing to take the bullet for them. I'm willing to take the punishment for this person. It's an amazing, it's an amazing gift that Jesus did for us. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that brings this question up, you know, so if we've been chosen, right. You know, we've spoken about this idea that God has chosen us uh, even before we were born. We have this idea that we've been redeemed through Christ and Christ's action. Um, you know, those are gifts. Those, those things have been given to us. So then why is it that we need to be holy and free from blame? Why is it that we can't just live our life the way that, you know, we're, you know, if we're chosen, why not just live life the way we want to live it? Apart from uh, having Christ in us, <laughs> we would, we would just, we would be, we would sin all the time and, um, I'm trying right now to just wrap my head around what I want to say here. Um, I know that he, God says, you know, be holy as I am holy. And, you know, we're still, human beings are, you know, still bound to the earth until, you know, our, our spirits, our souls are separated from our bodies, at, our physical bodies at death. And so, um, you know, there's still a process going on. Um, God is still working in us and he's still renewing our minds and, you know, um, allowing situations and circumstances that uh, come into our lives. He allows those to help us grow. And a lot of it is just way beyond me. You know, the question is about um, why we have to 
strive for holiness. It's um, that's who God is. He's absolutely holy. I don't know if I could answer the question really. Yeah. I just keep thinking of the woman who was going to be stoned, um, got caught in the act of adultery, and all these guys are standing around with rocks, going to stone this woman. And Jesus walks up and says, "Yeah, she did something wrong, um, but the first person can cast the first stone if they can say they have never sinned themselves." And of course, then all the guys walk away going, thinking they all know they've sinned. So, you know, he takes her from that situation, but he says to her, now leave and go sin no more. So, yes, you've sinned, but now let's turn around and do better and work on, you know, just being the best us we can be. That's all you can do. And I don't know, that's what was heavy on my heart on that thought. Well, it's like being light in the darkness. You know, if, you know, if we all walk around casting shadows and, and living in pits of darkness, um, you know, it's, it's the light that people are drawn to and we're called to be the light of the world. And, um, and, you know, obviously we have God's help to do that with, you know, by reading the word and doing what we're doing here. But it's, to me, that's what comes up is we're just called to be the light. Cause if we, if we just walk around and keep living in darkness, you know, you know, we just blend in with everyone else and that's not helping anybody. <laughs> yeah. So this idea of uh, relationship, love and obedience to God. Um, you know, that comes from a desire for us to please God, right? We, we, we want to love God. We want to love and we want to, we want to love God. We want to love others. And that is, and God desires that God desires relationship with us. And so the natural inclination is that, you know, if, if we recognize that, Hey, uh, you know, we've been given a great gift, uh, if by Jesus, you know, he's willing, he's willing to stand before God on our behalf. He's, he's willing to take, you know, our punishment. Then we reciprocate that, you know, we desire that we desire that relationship. It's, it's a two way street. Right. And not only that, but we also desire the idea that there's others out there in the world that could benefit from that relationship too. You know, so just Angie, as you were talking about this idea of shining the light and, and, and presenting, presenting God's love to others, right? That, that's another reason, right? It's not just about us. It's, it's about understanding that, that God wants communion with all of us. He wants relationship with all of us. And it's, and it's part of our job is to go out and help foster those relationships between people, whether they're believers or unbelievers, uh, to help foster those relationships so that they have the same gift that we've been given. Can I weigh in? So, okay. Um, so this is Laura. Um, so Angie, kind of going back to what you were saying about the light, you know, the light in the darkness. And then what Kevin said at the very start, you know, Paul says to be holy. So I keep looking at this over here 
And so the part where it says, um, Paul said they were chosen by God to be adopted by Jesus as he has redeemed them from their sins with his sacrifice on the cross. He filled them all with patience, wisdom, and strength. And so then the question, well, why, why do we have to, why are we given this life, you know, that is full of trials and tribulations um, and, and sin? And to me, it just makes sense that it is through these everyday our moment to moment everyday experiences that we have um, to learn patience, wisdom, and strength. And that is what we're given. And so whether or not we exercise it, you know, and that to me is also what we're redeeming. Like that's what we redeem with the coupon idea. Like, right. Like, so Jesus is my savior. So I, you know, like to be, I just seems like, so I get to connect with the patience, the wisdom, the strength, the beauty, the power of that is God, that is holy. And then it's up to me now to actually practice those in these challenging, trying times. And that's where you make, you hit the mark or you don't, you sin or you don't is, uh, can you do that? Can you, in the, in, in as many moments as possible in a day, can you demonstrate patience, beauty, truth, wisdom, and power? So, you know, that's, that's kind of the first part of uh, chapter one. And then uh, he, he kind of transitions to this idea of inheritance, right? He builds off this idea that we're chosen. He builds off this idea that Christ is our redeemer, you know, and then and he speaks to this idea that there's an inheritance that we have and that um, we trust in Jesus. We follow his will, just as Laura was saying, you know, we trust in Jesus. We follow his will. We believe in the gospel, right? So he came to earth. He spoke to us. He, he had a message that he was sending about love, loving God, loving ourselves, loving others, right? He sealed that with a promise, right? The promise of the Holy Spirit. That's what Mike was alluding to earlier, this idea that we were marked, right? When we, you know, when we, when we accept Christ as our savior, we're, we're tagged, we're marked. Um, and so, you know, uh, I think the question is, you know, inheritance. Uh, in fact, he even refers to us as being adopted, adopted by God. All right. So we are the sons and daughters of Christ with full rights um, of, you know, that come with being a, a, a child of God. So is this inheritance, is this something that can be taken away from us? I don't believe it can be taken away because, um, you know, like you said, uh, God, can't, he can't, he will not go back on his promises. He, um, he can't lie. He can't deceive. He can't do, you know, anything, you know, that is unholy. And this is what he says this, you know, based on, you know, based on what his word says about him, what I know about him, what I've learned about him is that, you know, once you're his, you're his, always his, forever his, because, you know, um, we couldn't earn this gift and we don't deserve the gift, but he loves us anyway. Yeah, I want to add something. Um, so last week we talked, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, the near-death experience experience. Was that like a week ago, two weeks ago? Well, um, so um, I have listened to a ton of those. And just one thing that um, a lot of them say is that they are um, some, I think very few 
who've ever come back and talked about a near-death experience when they were before God, you know, in, in their story, their telling of the experience, many said they could not even look, they wouldn't even look. And all it was really was light is, you know, the presence of God was light, but it was overwhelming. You almost couldn't take it this feeling of love, acceptance, appreciation, like, um, and I find that interesting kind of just where we're at in this conversation that that is what God's God's feeling is for us. And he he's there, but like it, that it's so great that one could not like one, like a sinner us could not even accept it or look at it. And I think some said they could, and it's like the most amazing feeling, whatever, but um, what we inherit, just talking about inheritance and can it be taken away? I don't think that love can be, right it, it, that that's what we inherit from god but then i i do believe it's in us like you know andrew said at the beginning we are given all of this it's in us and and then i just i personally as a christian just i just want to live that to the best i can and will, will i make the grade all the way no but i i do think it always goes back to that yes yeah i agree and, and so that leads us to the logical next question. So are all people going to inherit these blessings? Is all, are all people going to inherit um, this, uh, this seal that, that God gives us, uh, Jesus gives us? All that reach out and accept it are all going to be the ones who, who get it. You have, to, you have to action, take action and reach out for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been given to you. You just have to accept it. The blessing comes through the, the sacrifice of Jesus. Right. It comes through death. It comes through his death. Anyone who believes that, that Christ is our savior, they're adopted. That's, that's it. That's, that's as you described, right? It's, you know, we are chosen. We are, we are chosen by God, but we have to accept that. We have to accept the truth that, that you know, that God chose us. We have to accept the truth that Christ died for our imperfections, our sin, right? He died so that he could stand before us and um, in, 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 in blameless and holy way say, I know this person, right? I, I have a relationship with this person, right? That's what that seal is. That's what the Holy Spirit is. It's, it's his way to connect to us. And uh, if we do not accept the Holy Spirit in our hearts, if we do not accept Christ as our Savior, as as a, as the, as as the person that that is basically an intermediary for us, then yeah, then we then we lose out on that blessing. So that is, and that's a harsh reality. You know, you think about what we just said about the the, the incredible love that God shows, um, and to and then to not have Jesus as an intermediary for us to, 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 to be able to speak to God, to be able to relate to God um, and to, for us to have to stand on our own merit. Um, we, we can't because we're less than perfect and God is perfect. Uh, so that's a big, that's a big awareness. I think that we have to have uh, that we need Jesus. We need Jesus because we cannot do it on our own. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot be perfect. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, Paul speaks to the idea of trusting in Jesus, you know, so in what circumstances, you know, should we trust in Jesus? 
you know, uh, and in what circumstances bring the highest amount of glory to God. So is, is, is Jesus, is, is it a situational relationship? Is there a place in time where Jesus will turn his back against us? No. And he'll say, he'll say I don't know this person. He says, I used to know him, but now I don't know him anymore. Oh. <laughs> Ones who reject him. Is that what you mean, Kevin? Well, yeah. Will Jesus, will Jesus first accept us and then at some point in time reject us? Oh, not if we belong to him. No. I don't believe so. No, he doesn't reject us. We, you know, that's, that's what, what we do is we reject him. Yeah. Right. You know, and he, God is, he's the only one that can speak in absolutes. And that, and it's true. He says, I don't know how many times in the Bible, but he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you i will never leave you so i take him at his word okay so then let's go back to the question can we trust jesus in all circumstances yep absolutely okay so okay. even when there's ter terrible things that are happening even when there's horrible things that are going on in our lives and there's totally unfair totally unfair things that have happened to us or people that we care about. Where's Jesus in that? Can we, can we trust that he's there with us? Absolutely. And I, the first thing I think of is the sky, you know, you know, the sun is always there. You know, there might be clouds in the way <laughs> there might be airplanes flying around and birds and whatever, just, you know, where you can't necessarily see the sun, you're, you're behind it under a tree or whatever, but the sun is always there. God is always there, no matter what obstacles, you know, seemingly are in between. Well, I, you know, there's, there's the knowing, and I agree with you, Ange. I'm sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off if you have more to say about it. I'm just thinking of, um, you know, when the darkness, when the clouds do get in the way. And for me, that has happened. And even if my mind, even if I know in my heart and my mind and my soul that I can trust Jesus, that I can look backwards in my life, you know, and see every single time he's come through for me, even in the worst situations, you know, even still, um, today, I, you know, I find myself upset with things that I wrestle with and I'm like, I'm like, God, I don't understand. And I'll give you a good example. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, I don't know the statistics on this, but, you know, being a pastor, being in ministry is, you know, it's a high stress thing. And, my mom contacted me a few weeks ago and said that a young pastor in her community committed suicide. He took his own life because he, um, what I understand is he was running from his past and it was going to catch up with him. And you know what? He's, you know, that was the question I you know, Lord, how far, 
will you let me fall? You know, this poor man, he, he felt there was no way out. I mean, if he really belonged to you, Lord, why, why did he see no way out? Why did he make that choice? And, um, what is the, what is the opposite of trust? Is it doubting? It's, um, you know, it's a lack of faith. Um, and I just, I believe once you're his, you're always his, you know, there are people out there. I know Christians who believe that suicide is a sin you cannot be forgiven for, but I don't think that's true. I don't. I think for all that young man suffered in his past, and even when he met Christ, and even when he was called, and again, you know, I want to point out, I don't know his heart, and, you know, we can only know each other's hearts even to a certain degree as close as we are in relationships as human beings. But um, if he was his, I believe that when he took his last breath, he, he saw Christ, you know, Christ, because, you know, Christ never changed. He never, he never left that man. He never, you know, he knew what would happen. He knew the struggles and he knew everything that was hard. And I've shared, you know, I've shared on this podcast before, you know, the things that I've struggled with. And it's, um, <laughs> we can trust Christ implicitly, but like for me, sometimes I falter in that based on what I see, my circumstances, my emotions, what I'm feeling. They, uh, they blind me. They actually blind me sometimes. I hope that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, you know, like, you know, like I was alluding to earlier with, you know, you could be in a forest, you know, this, you know, the sun is still out there, but it, you might be in this dark forest. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's very real and all the creatures and mm-hmm. the, you know, the the darkness and the mystery and the, you know, what's around the corner yeah. and, um, you know, our circumstances feel so real. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. For me, it's just my anchor to know that God is always there. There's always, there's always good to come. I, it's just something I've, I, I guess I've just really built into myself and, you know, and it's a continual development to always, you know, just uh, anchor like into the, all the good, all the good things that have happened along the way. Cause there's been, you know, we all have stuff that's happened and then, you know, it all works out. It all works out at some point, but when you're in the middle of it, <laughs> it's, you know, it just, it can be a lot of turmoil and upset and whatnot. And that's just life on planet earth, but it's a matter of focus, um, focusing on God, knowing that he's there, knowing that he loves us. He's adopted us. He has chosen us. He loves us unconditionally. And, and just really, really always working on making that the foundation um, this is, I'm just speaking for myself here. Um, and, and just coming from that grounded place, you know, and is it challenged? Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, and that's why we have the word 
and we have one another, you know, it, you know, that can remind ourselves um, of God's love. And that's what, you know, that's why I'm just so anchored in nature. Cause you know, God's just hilarious. Some of the, I mean, we, we saw something the other day. It was like a, you know, was it, it wasn't a duck. It wasn't a, <laughs> it was a four-legged something hanging out by the, the ducks and the geese. You know, it was, you know, it was either a muskrat or a beaver, which I don't even know if they, I don't know if we have beavers in this state, but <laughs> it was just funny because, you know, God's just funny. Like, you know, we're watching the geese and then this four-legged, what is that? <laughs> Walking around, jumping in the water. You know, I, I wasn't expecting that um, in my neighborhood, but, uh, you know, it's just, and it's for me, that's, it's that breathe 51, 51%, keep those thoughts positive, just keeping the you know, just knowing, you know, the stars, the sun, the moon, I mean, God created all of that. It's there, no matter what clouds are in the way, no matter what airplanes are flying overhead, no matter, you know, ugly birds that I don't want to look at, um, or whatever, you know, it's just, um, I don't know. It's just, that. that's just what I've developed in me. And I, I just pray that for for everyone to constantly find something in life. For me, it's nature, as you guys know, um, to anchor back to how do you stay focused on God and remember that it's in our DNA. He loves us. We've been chosen. We've been adopted. I love Ephesians. It's such a, it's like the, one of the cornerstones, stone cornerstones of my, my being. And, um, <laughs> yay. Um, all right, Kev, are we, we got more, are we wrapped up for today? Well, yeah, I would, I would just, let's wrap up on this question and I'll just simply add one last thought. And that is that, you know, uh, God shines brightest in the most difficult of circumstances, right? I mean, it's the bigger, the problem, the, the greater, the opportunity to glory for glory to God. Right. Um, you know, whether it's, whether it's a person that, that has committed suicide and, and it's the aftermath of that, or, if it's a, um, like there was a, I saw a great, a, a great, um, video on YouTube about this, uh, woman who was, um, she was an aborted baby. She was actually a fully aborted baby that survived and she has, um, some physical handicaps because of it, but, you know, she's dedicated her life to this idea of speaking to the sanctity of life. Yes. Right. Uh, you know, there, there are people, there are people that are in war-torn nations that have survived, you know, genocide, um, horrible, disgusting things that have happened, right? Mm -hmm. And they shine brightly, and their testimony is so incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. So God, God shines through the suffering. He shines as a way to show us that, you know, we need God. We're this is a broken world, and um, and we need that light in our lives. Uh, because that's God, God is the source of light. And so, you know, when we, when we seek peace and we seek peace in our heart, we seek, seek to, to be, to be, um, safe, right. That's where we find God. So, uh, I'll just leave on that, on that thought that, that, you know, that the book of the, the, the book of Ephesians really is, it, it is, it is so much, um, there's so much content here in terms of what it is that, that, that God has done through Christ for us and what that and what we 
in terms of receiving that, what we, how we benefit from that. It's an incredible, it's an incredibly uplifting story. Greatest story of all. Yes. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you, Kev, for facilitating that discussion. We will continue discussing the rest of this book of Ephesians and upcoming podcasts. Um, But until then, keep being awesome. Stay focused on God. And um, you guys are incredible. Have an awesome day. So if something's being said during this podcast, that's really pulling at your heart right now and tugging at you right now. Just say this little prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. You died for me. And thank you for coming into my life. You are my Lord and Savior. And by saying that prayer, you're bringing him that much closer to you and just saying thank you for being there always with me, Lord. So I hope we've helped in some way. Jesus is always there for you. Just use that power. Thank you for listening to the God Focus Podcast. And if we've said something today that has helped, we do have two action steps you can do with our program. Number one is we have a prayer team. If you'd like us to pray for you, just email us at godfocusedpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com and we could put the prayer team on your situation. Secondly, if you have the financial means to help us, we are right now trying to improve the quality of the podcast with technology and editing. If there's any situations you can help with us, we have a custom program right now we're building for a custom membership, and then we'll have membership packages down the road. Please email us at godfocusedpodcast at gmail.com, and we can send you that information. Thank you for all your help and love through Jesus Christ, and God bless you. Have a great week.